Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Green estate in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett who brought you the adventure of Aladdin and the excitement of the Little Mermaid comes a tale of mystery, suspense, and a great big adventure in The Great Mouse Detective. When a beloved toy maker disappears, delightfully wicked, there's only one mouse for the job. Basil Baker Street, my good fella. Together with his trusty sidekick, <laughs> He's ready to crack the case. Your father is as good as fuck. Miss Flamhammer. Flavisham. Whatever. But only if he can stop a slimy, contemptible sewer rat. Ricky and wicked, of course. The clues are in. Basil of the case. The pressure is on. I'm right behind you, Basil. Uh -huh. And the adventure is about to begin. To Buckingham Palace. <laughs> Say cheese. Smile, everyone. For the mouse who always gets his man. I thought I'd never find you. Elementary, my dear Dawson. The film Joel Siegel calls magic. And Siskel and Ebert give two thumbs up. Disney's animated classic, The Great Mouse Detective. Miss Flanchester. Flavisham. Whatever. Welcome, everyone, to Detective Week here on Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teets, and we have two people in the booth this week. We have, as always, Kyra Hawkins, and joining us from the East Coast after battering down the hatches from Mavalda. Cliff Chance. Glad to have y'all on. So Happy if, to be here. If you did not do your homework, we are talking Batman Begins, which will be a total off the Disney rails, but it might be interesting. We are talking about The Great Mouse Detective, which was released in July the 2nd, 1986. And it only did $38.7 million in box office, which is just a shade under 108 in today's um, box office. Still nothing too shabby. There's some movies now that would love to have that kind of revenue. Yep. Flash. <laughs> Speaking of a Batman movie, The Flash. <laughs> yes. So, um, Cliff, since you said this was one of your favorite movies, I'm going to let you give us your initial reaction when you first saw it how many times you've seen it in the last uh 20 30 however many years honestly uh this is first time watching it probably in about close to 30 years um i was actually kind of shocked that it was released in 86 because i remember i always thought it was a 90 a disney 90s movie i never realized like not that it's old because calling it old it's calling myself old so i'm not <laughs> going to do that but uh, I didn't realize it was like an 86 movie. Just whenever I happened to come across it on the digital streaming service that I use and I bought it, I was like, oh crap, this movie's older than I thought. Mm -hmm. But 
Uh, I mean, I watched. I remember watching all the time whenever I was a kid. I think I probably had the VHS. I mean, I had a lot of Disney VHSs, but I'm pretty sure I had this one too. Like those old plastic uh, books that they used to put their movies in. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm rewatching it now, 30 years later, I still find a lot to enjoy about it. I mean, it is a very, for being a detective story, it is very just straightforward and mm-hmm. gets into it. And I didn't realize this was based on uh, uh, actually a series of books. I just kind of thought this was their take on let's make Sherlock Holmes into a mouse yeah, type of thing. All right. And Kyra is shaking her head, so this must be one that she watched time and time again. Uh, actually, no. Um, I was three, uh, about to turn three when this came out. Um, so you would expect, and I am actually surprised, that um, you'd expect that we would owned it when I was a kid but we didn't um so I like was aware of it but I hadn't seen it before yesterday okay so I missed it for all those many many years well this was actually my second time watching the movie probably in the last definitely in the last year because a little pub that I go to has a Thursday night movie night and for whatever reason, they decided to put this on as a Thursday night movie. And I happened to be in there when it was what when it was running, and I kept watching it because I was playing games and was watching it on a reversed image in the in the window. But yeah, I'm I'm like you. I I didn't know that this was based on a series of books. I and we'll get into it later. But the fact that this was a one and done really kind of shocked me as well unless it was disney saying well we aren't going to start making sequels until the 90s yeah when every disney so really movie like had even its own sequel because even then those were like straight like they didn't start doing like the theatrical sequels probably until recently because mm-hmm. even like aladdin and lion king all theirs went straight to uh, vhs or dvd yeah. Yeah, and we've got to figure out if we're going to handle the direct to digital because we're coming up on those such as Cinderella 2, Electric Boogaloo, and all the other not quite as good movies as the original. But or the Disney Channel uh, original. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. And as always, our synopsis comes to us care of Wikipedia, and it goes a little something like this. In London, in June of 1897, a young mouse named Olivia Flaversham is celebrating her birthday with her single father, toy maker Mr. Flaversham. Suddenly, a bat with a crippled wing and a peg leg bursts into the toy shop, kidnapping Flaversham. Olivia leaves to find Basil at Baker Street, the famous great mouse detective, but gets lost. David Q. Dawson, a retired army surgeon mouse, newly returned from Afghanistan, meets Olivia and escorts her to Basil's residence. Being busy already, Basil initially dismisses Olivia then mentions the bat that had abducted her father, and Basil realizes that Olivia had seen Fidget. The assistant of Professor Radigan, the criminal mastermind who Basil was working to catch. It is then revealed that Radigan kidnapped Flaversham to create a clockwork robot replica of the Queen of the Mice, so that Radican could usurp her place as supreme ruler of all Maelstrom. Flaversham initially refuses to participate in the scheme, but capitulates when Radigan threatens to harm Olivia. Meanwhile, Basil appears in 
or I'm sorry, Fidget appears in Basil's window, then suddenly disappears. Basil, Dawson, and Olivia take Toby, who is Sherlock Holmes's pet pet basset hound, to trail Fidget's scent. They trace Fidget to a human-sized toy shop. While searching the area, Dawson finds Fidget's checklist, and Basil discovers Fidget has been stealing clockwork mechanisms and toy soldiers' uniforms. Fidget ambushes and kidnaps Olivia before Basil and Dawson can stop him. Basil does some chemical tests on the checklist, discovering that it came from the Rat Trap, a tavern near the junction of the sewer and the Thames. Basil and Dawson disguise themselves as sailors and head to the tavern. They spot Fidget there and follow him to Radigan's headquarters, only to be ambushed by Radigan and his henchmen. Radigan has the pair tied to a spring-loaded mousetrap connected to a Rube Goldberg machine of various killing devices. Radigan then sets out for Buckingham Palace, where his henchmen hijack the social guard's roles, or excuse me, the royal guard's roles, and kidnap the mouse queen. Inspired by a remark Dawson made, Basil deduces the trap's weakness, freeing himself, Dawson, and Olivia. At Buckingham Palace, Radigan forces Flaversham to operate the Toy Queen, while the real one is taken to be fed to Felicia, Radigan's pet cat. The Toy Queen declares Radigan the ruler of all maelstrom, and he announces his dict dictatorial plans for his new subjects. After Basil, Dawson, and Olivia save Flaversham and the real queen, they restrain Fidget and Radigan's other henchmen, while Toby chases Felicia until she jumps over a wall inadvertently into a pack of royal guard dogs. Basil seizes control of the mechanical queen, making it denounce Radigan as a fraud while breaking it into pieces. Realizing Radigan's treason, the enraged crowd attacks, but Radigan escapes to his dirigible with Fidget, holding Olivia hostage. Basil, Dawson, and Flaversham create an airship from a matchbox, balloons, and a Union Jack and set off in pursuit. Radigan tosses Fidget overboard to lighten the load. However, Basil jumps into the dirigible to confront Radigan, causing it to crash into the straight into Big Ben's clock face. Inside the clock tower, Basil restrains Radigan, rescues Olivia, and safely delivers her to Flaversham. Radigan breaks free and attacks Basil. However, when the clock strikes ten, the vibrations cause Radigan to fall to his death. He attempts to take Basil with him, but Basil grabs a pair of grabs a part of Radigan's dirigible, and saves himself. Back at Baker Street, the group recounts their adventures. The Flaversham's depart for home, and Dawson reluctantly resolves to leave as well. A new client arrives, and Basil introduces Dawson to her as his friend and investi investigative part partner, prompting Dawson to remain and assist in Basil's future cases. The end. So... The movie itself actually darted rather weird, I would say, because you get thrown directly into a toy shop in London. And I guess I missed that part of the movie when it was playing because I didn't see why they were doing it until it became painfully obvious with the straightforward, oh, well, we're going to have a bad guy. He's got to have a robot and... Robots are bad, and okay, <laughs> but Olivia was definitely adorable. She would make even the most wizened old detective 
melt, as was seen at the very end of the movie. Yep. Um, but with not seeing the first of it, not knowing that it was was its own series of books, I was actually expecting it to have... And I guess Radigan was a Moriori character, Moriori-type character, because yeah. um, Basil kept saying, I've almost got him, I just can't seem to to ratchet him down. But once Olivia, she obviously gets the paper, or the mouse news, or whatever it's called, because she had a, um article about Basil of Baker Street. And surprise, surprise, Basil lives right downstairs from the great Sherlock Holmes, because he lives at 221 and a half Baker Street. And just like Holmes, or yeah, just like Holmes had his Watson, Basil had his Dawson, Dawson. who had just returned home from Afghanistan. Which I'm trying to rack my brain what war that would have been and why mice were involved in that war. Or I'm probably just overthinking it too much. I think you're overthinking it. Okay. <laughs> And why not just have the mice mirror the human characters yeah. you're based on? Okay. I mean, there's a mouse queen when there's a human queen, that type of thing in this movie, so. Yeah, and that that was actually, that was one of my notes. It was like, so is England's mice ruled by a mouse that happened to rule for 60 years? Because I don't think that mice live to the ripe old age of 60. Because it, no. was, it was actually her jubilee as well, which is the 60th anniversary of her... Unless that was 60 months, I don't know. You have I mean, to... mice don't talk either, but you got a Disney movie, so why not <laughs> Why not make them 16 years old? Yeah. Yeah, just spend that disbelief for an hour and yeah. a half. Yeah, and that's what we had to do. But um, Radigan is introduced by Basil as being the Napoleon of crime. And I laughed when I heard that and had to make sure that I had heard it right. And of course, it, I mean, there's like three or four different things that he says because he always seems to get away until, of course, the spoiler alert, the end of this movie. But the whole reason why Radigan wanted the good toy maker was so that way he could make a robot queen to go ahead and let everyone know that he is actually going to be taking over the world a la Pinky and the Brain. Yep. And so when we first find out the nefarious deeds, we see um, Flaversham. He's constructed a robot made of bellows and screws. And once again, I'm like, don't think that's how robots work. But I'm not, a, I'm not an engineer. I don't play one on TV. I don't even try to play one. But we first hear Radican's voice, and it is the very distinct voice of the late, great Vincent Price, which that surprised me because I didn't think he, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is his first and only Disney movie, right? I believe so. Because I know we've had Batman villains in several of the very bad 60s movies. With um, Cesar Romero playing three different villains <laughs> in the um, Kurt Russell movies. But, yeah, that that was... As soon as I heard the voice, I had to look it up just to make sure that I wasn't dreaming it. But the Radigan's chief henchman is named Fidget, which is a one-legged 
one-armed bat, and he struck me as a little bit loose in the screws, maybe? He's unpolished for by British standards, I guess. I loved Fidget, um, and I thought kind of like the um, henchman in the Black Cauldron. He was so ugly. He was cute. Yeah. Um, he had a very distinct voice, which I had to look up. Um, because I thought, I think I've heard this before and I wasn't real sure, but, um, the voice actor's name was Candy Candido. I think I'm saying that right. Um, he voiced several characters for Disney uncredited, including, um, the captain of the guard in Robin Hood. (laughs) Um, the native chief in the original Peter Pan. And um, one of Maleficent's goons in Sleeping Beauty. Also, he was the voice of an angry apple tree in Wizard of Oz. Um, yeah, I thought that was super fun. But, like, obviously Robin Hood, like, caught my attention first. Yeah. He had some good little jokes in here, too. I thought yeah. he was fun. Yeah, he was He was definitely better than um, Gurgi from The Black Cauldron. And mm-hmm. also the hen from Return to Oz. Yeah. Because it seems like every Disney movie has one character that just plays the wisecracking bad Joker. Yeah. So, of course, Basil figures out that it's Radigan that's involved. And they determine that he's going to be breaking into something, and so they get Sherlock's dog to help them find where they're going to. And he tells Olivia that she is not following them. And, of course, the next thing that you see, she's right there with him. Mm-hmm. And they get led to a toy store, which actually had an Easter egg of a Dumbo as one of the creatures that was actually doing the the bubbles when um, Fidget yeah. was trying to get away. And it's a blink and you'll miss it moment. But the whole reason was so that way they could get um, uniforms for the henchmen to wear, get gears and tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the inner workings of some of the clock mechanisms or whatever. Yeah, and uh, and of course to kidnap Olivia. And it's only because Olivia follows Basil along that she ends up getting kidnapped. So if she would have stayed in the house with the housekeeper, we probably would have had a totally different movie. But as it stands, she gets shown to her dad, and her dad's like, well, I guess I'm going to have to do whatever you say for me to do. And for her troubles, she gets thrown into a wine bottle and a cork gets shoved in. And it made me think how much air is in a cork, is in a wine bottle. (laughs) But so Basil somehow, actually Dawson, I think is the one that actually finds the list of what they were looking for. And of course, Basil's like, oh, well, don't bother me with that until it's, until he sees that that's what they actually need to to find what they need to do. And so he starts analyzing it, and he sees that there is 
sodium chloride on the paper, which water, salt water. And I'm like, what part of England has a salt water inlet that's not out by the coast? And surprise, surprise, it's in the River Thames, according to the movie. And they go to a place called the Rat Trap, where for whatever reason they have girls doing the can-can and singing raunchy dances and Dawson gets <laughs> drunk. Well, he gets drugged. Yeah, he gets drugged, which is rather interesting because it was like one sip and he's sloshed the jowls. And then he gets up there and starts doing the raunchy dance with the dancers. <laughs> And I'm thinking Kyra wanted to say something about that raunchy dance because she's started oh. laughing about it. <laughs> well, um, I like in my notes I wrote, "Ooh, a cute girl mouse." Um, I thought that this would turn into like a love interest situation, and I was actually kind of glad that it didn't. Um, but as she was singing, I was just kind of like taking note of some of the lyrics of her song, and um, they were inappropriate for children there's so much innuendo i mean it probably would have gone over some kids heads but like as i was listening to it i was like this almost makes me feel weird um but i thought she was like it was just a fun scene and then i looked and um what is her name miss kitty mouse uh was voiced by melissa manchester so that was fun why does that name sound familiar um don't cry out loud was probably one of her bigger hits. Um, she's in a lot of she like she was in some other things and had some uh, some hits, I guess. Okay. But yeah, when when she showed up on screen, I was like, oh great, that's all that we need is a love story in the middle of a of a detective show. Yeah, yeah I was that's glad. I was expecting her to be. Like a Eileen or an Irina Adler situation, like with Sherlock or something, and then it was kind of the one scene and done. So Dawson gets drugged. Sherlock follows, well, of course, because it's a bar. There has to be a barroom brawl. Because what Disney movie with a bar doesn't have a barroom brawl, or any movie during this time, I should say. And um, Fidget gets away, or he purposely gets away so that way. He, Basil can actually follow him back to the lair where there's this big surprise party that's thrown which kind of weirded me out because I wasn't expecting them to all jump out and yell surprise. But then we have a Rube Goldberg machine hooked up for the no Austin I expect you to die moment and because it was a it was a it was a ball that was supposed to drop on him. They were in a mouse trap that was supposed to chop off their heads. There was a gun, I think, and a um anvil. And an anvil and a knife or a, a hatchet and, and a knife. Yeah. I mean, just the intricacies that took that to put together. It kind of made me wonder how many mice died trying to put that thing together for Radigan. <laughs> how many test subjects did he have? Yes. So we have to make sure that it all works perfectly. And so Basil's feeling sorry for himself because Radigan's going to get away with it. 
And Dawson actually snaps him back into what's going on. And, of course, because they're the good guys, they get away and follow them back to the mouse castle where the queen robot mouse has started to say that Radigan is the new head of the English mice. Yep. And he's imposing taxes on the elderly, the sick, and the children. Yes. So everybody that actually won't help him in his way. Yeah. And after they they find this out, we cut to Basil start starting to voice the um the queen and starts telling the people what's really going on. And of course this leads to another fight scene and Radigan and Fidget get away with Olivia. No, Fidget, I don't think Fidget does get away, does he? Yeah, because Fidget... Radigan. Well, Radigan has Fidget running the um, engine on their little oh, dirigible, yeah, which was actually a pretty ingenious creation for 1890s mice. And so... I'm trying to remember what Basil and Dawson are actually flying in. It was, like, it was a book, I want to say a flag or something with, like, a balloon in it. Yeah. Type. Like, I don't think they had a device on there to really control it. They were just, we're the good guys, so it's going to go where we needed to go, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's it's a book with a parachute of some kind and, um, like, four or five balloons inside. I don't know how they're steering it. Yeah, well, good guy magic. Disney magic. Yeah. But we get to the ultimate cliffhanger and Radigan crashes the um his dirigible after he throws Fidget out for some reason instead of throwing Olivia out to lose weight. <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't no, I'm think... just saying I remember that now. That's why he he's like we need to lose weight so we can get faster. And he's thinking, we'll get rid of the hostage. When he's like, no, I'll just get rid of you. Yeah. And once again, it it's bad guy 101. You just throw out the person that's helping you instead of throw out the person. Actually, it would make a totally different movie. Because nope. cause Fidget, of course, can't fly because he's got a bad wheel and a bad arm. And he's Fidget. And so that's the last, I think, that we see of him. And then Radigan runs into the Big Ben. And we have the climactic fight scene between Radigan and Basil, which ends up with... I say, he got a little scary during that. Like, he yeah. kind of went a little... Like, they let him go full rat. And it's, I mean, for a Disney movie, it's... Like, so I remember that as a kid. and be like, oh, this is kind of... A little bit more you expect for a Disney movie at the time. Or maybe not that time, but probably now. Yeah. But it, it's kind of, it kind of fits into what they've been doing because the last couple of movies have been real deep, dark Disney. So, but um, they fight, 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 and Basil ends up getting the better of Radigan by ringing the bell, and the cat shows. The cat yeah, who I is not new. I don't think the cat showed up. Uh, it was. He rang the bell because he knew it was about to stroke midnight, and the bell caused him, like the actual clock tower bell, caused him to fall off. Okay. 
Oh, yeah, and that, that actually, that makes better sense, because I'm like, the cat wouldn't... Well, I don't know, it's Disney. They might have needed to get rid of Red again some way. But then... Ron and Stone fall from top of Big Ben. Yeah. And so the next thing that we know, they're retelling the story, and we see a lady come in right as Olivia walks off, and Dawson's like, well, I'm going to go ahead and leave too. But a shapely mouse walks in, and suddenly Basil's like, "Oh, and meet my associate. He's been on. He's been with me on all of my cases." And I really don't know why Disney didn't pursue this, because they, unless it was the fact that it didn't make a boatload of money, like they obviously were expecting. Yeah, I mean, it made decent money, especially for that time. Yeah. I mean, it- but it made decent money today, and probably it's not frozen money, but <laughs> it's still like, yeah, I was actually kind of shocked we didn't get a sequel to this one yeah. either. Yeah, well, it actually it did get re-released in 1992, and it made another 13 million dollars. So, see, that's probably what I, whenever I said earlier about it, I can remember it being a 90s movie. Maybe that's what made me think that it was a 90s movie. Yeah, it was uh, retitled The Adventures of the Great Mouse Detective. But, I don't know. It's a it's a cute movie, with the exception of Rattigan going full rat, which yeah. I'll agree that was very scary. But it it better than the last couple of movies that we've watched. Yeah. Nice and short. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't think it reaches a full... 90 minutes, does it? No, I think uh, I think it was like an hour and 15 with credits on both ends. Yeah. Oh. Speaking of credits at the beginning, I brought this up to a co-worker today because I you know, re- recently rewatched it. It has like the most superhero-looking title card <laughs> and they do the Great Mouse Detective. So I took a picture of it last night. I was like, this almost looks like it's a superhero movie with the way like the, the font of the Great Mouse Detective at the beginning of the movie. I thought that, too. Um, I wrote it in my notes because I was like, this is a turn. I don't think we've seen anything like that with Disney up until now. And and since everything is interconnected within Disney, it might have been a foretelling of Iron Man in (laughs) 30, 20, 25 years. We can say that now. Yeah. Yeah. So... Short, sweet, to the point. I, like I said before we started recording, I didn't have much, and y'all just heard everything that I had. Um, what makes this your favorite movie clip, or one of your favorites? Because you said this one was, you were, you were excited. It was a childhood. I just remember it being a childhood favorite, and I wanted to just get a chance to rewatch it. And I mean, it's still a decent Disney movie. It's probably not wouldn't be in my top 10 now but i just remember as a kid watching it it was just one that was a lot of fun yeah. um uh, watching the good guy come on top i um, mm-hmm. had toby the dog which was i remember as a kid <laughs> a fun character even now toby was fun to watch as a dog lover myself yeah and i was happy that the villain had a cat which i'm not a fan of cats so <laughs> If I, if I anger any of your fans by saying that, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 
No, we we we, we got cat and dog people, so we're we're fine there. I think. Um, let me ask you, since you mentioned Toby, there was something reminiscent of him that I couldn't put my thumb on. It seemed like he was he was of the movie, but he wasn't drawn for the movie. Yeah, he looked kind of looked like, like they used the design from a dog from another movie. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, um, isn't there a hound like him in Lady and the Tramp? There may have been. Yeah, that's one I haven't watched in even longer than 30 years. Yeah, so, but that that was my, that was the only part of the movie that pulled me out because it wasn't one of those where you had things that just were anvils that were dropped all the way through the through the movie, yeah. like Return to Oz. <laughs> and I hate to keep going back to that one. That was like our last movie that we actually covered. So I've only heard nightmares things about that movie. I've never seen that one myself. And just go back and listen to the review. It's it's right. there's I, good maybe parts. Keep it- there's good parts when you see the word the end. I mean, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and Feruza Balk's in it. That's those are the two good things for that movie. But yeah, it it was it was a fever dream that I think was a couple of years too late for what Disney was doing. Um, do either of y'all have anything additional? I'm sorry, like I said, I don't I don't have much on this movie. No, I mean I've pretty much said everything that I like. I thought. Radigan was a very enjoyable villain. I mean, he's better than some of the ones they've done recently, or that they've done in a while outside of, like, the early 90s ones. Um, and it is coming from, like, one of, I think it's just one of those ones where they didn't have the Disney princess in it, and there are certain ele- Disney elements that they didn't have in this one. I think maybe that might be why one of the reasons it wasn't successful by Disney standards, but yeah. I uh, I still, I mean, I still had fun with it. You're yeah. watching it as an adult 30 years later. Yeah, it's it's one that I'm going to put in the rotation just because it's cute. It doesn't have too many scary things. And nah. the world's youngest podcast host is actually getting to the age where he can sit and watch a movie. So this might be one of his first since he likes things Mickey. And it's adjacent, not Mickey itself, but... Um, Kyra, you got anything? Um, not really. I thought it was cute. Um, I don't know if I'll watch it again, but I liked it. All right. Well, as y'all know, when we, whenever we do something that's not one of the big, big movies, we ask three important questions. First off, um, what is today's impact on us? I mean, honestly, I wouldn't put it past Disney to re-release this as a live action because it seems like they're starting to run out of things that aren't recent movies. Yeah, actually, for me, I would have thought because they do like I mean, they've been kind of going down the villain trying to and like making sympathetic versions of the villain mm-hmm. i feel like radigan might be a decent one to do that not maybe make him sympathetic but just uh give him like a, his own backstory movie yeah 
I think everybody right now is like, oh, let's do one with Gaston, uh, Gaston and everything from Beauty and the Beast. And it's like, no, he's just like his, he's too straightforward. But I feel like Radigan has a more complex backstory than, and it'd be fun. Why not do that with a, uh, a sewer rat? Yeah. Um, the second question is, is this mirrored in culture? Now, I was actually looking this up on Wikipedia, and we know Wikipedia never lies. Um, where is it? They are actually, Professor Radigan and Basil were characters at the Disney parks until 2004. And um, Basil was actually in Darkwing Duck as, the, as a way that Darkwing Duck actually opened up his hidden base. Yeah. Radigan's one of the villains in Once Upon a Halloween, which... We may be looking at at a future time. Um, ooh. In honor of Mickey Mouse's 75th anniversary, there is planned a film under the title A Search for Mickey Mouse in which Mickey gets kidnapped, forcing Minnie to enlist Basil of Baker Street. But it was canceled after it suffered script problems. I wonder what those were. Well, I mean, well, I was going to say James Gunn can help, but he's over at DC now. <laughs> And we won't discuss that any further. <laughs> um, so Disney had something in the works. Maybe someone like Kevin Smith, or since Kevin Smith tied into Disney now with um, Mayhem, he might want to get involved and give us a gritty, gritty reboot of the Search for Mickey Mouse. And I'd our, watch it. I would watch it. Yeah. The final question. How does it fit into today's society? I actually got through it without tripping over the words. Um, I mean, this one is actually, it's it's forgotten about because nobody really, nobody mentions it that yeah. I'm aware of. I didn't have a high school buddy comment on uh, the post I made last night about watching it for this. He's like, oh, I don't even know that one. I'll have to add it to the rotate, like add it to watching with my kids. Mm-hmm. Like, so many people forget about this one. Yeah, I mean, I mean they took him out of characters out of the park, so I, that's easy to see why. So, I mean, it's not really, it's not really in today's lexicon. So it's not one of those that you would actually know unless you're doing like we are and going down the rabbit hole with every Disney movie. So, um, the next movie that is actually in our rotation is a little bit better, well, or well, better, words hard, <laughs> a little <laughs> better known movie. There we go. It is actually one of my favorites. It is The Flight of the Navigator. So, there is the homework if you're still with us, thank you for listening. Drop us an email at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com if you if we messed up, which I'm known to be which I'm no, I'm known to be. <laughs> Words hard. And let us know what you thought about this movie. We are getting new listeners seems like every day. So if you are one of our new listeners, welcome. Tell us where you found us. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. We will be closing in on a year end in a couple of months. 
So we may do the same thing that we did last year and actually look at each month and see what the favorite and least favorite of those year or of that month is. Um, rate us, review us, tell at least two friends about us, and hopefully you don't lose them as friends after telling them about us. <laughs> Especially if they jump into one of the bad movies that we reviewed. Um, but as is the case. When we end each show, we stay, we tell you to stay safe, stay hungry, and watch out for one-legged, one-armed bats in London. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. obvious doctor these dolls have been stripped of their uniforms and not by any child either oh, hello someone has taken the liberty of removing the clockwork mechanisms from these toys
I got the keys, I got the tools, I got the uniforms, I got the girl. <laughs>